Hopefully it's... There we go. As Pastor Ron and I uh, were talking a few weeks ago, uh, and the this past week was the IFCA convention in South Bend, Indiana, we're talking that I wanted to try to bless him by enjoying the week. Because in the midst of a conference, uh, many pastors still have to take time to uh, study and prep a message. And I wanted to bless our senior pastor by... Uh, giving him the opportunity to enjoy uh, the conference, and I, I said I would I would like to preach on July first, and uh, he agreed. He thought that was a great idea. So here we are this morning. Let's begin with a word of prayer. Our heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for a place to come and worship you, and as we sing and. And we open up your word. I pray that you would teach us, Father God, that you would remind us from the truth of your word and how it changes us and transforms us and does a work in us, Father God, that we would not just be hearers of your word, but doers of your word, that we would long to know you more. We pray now in Jesus' name. Amen. We're a busy people, are we not? I think the, in the day and age in which we live in our current culture, we, we hate idleness. We hate not doing anything. And so much so that we fill our lives, we fill our schedules, we fill day to day with just the next thing, the next thing. What, it, may, it may be some favorite activities, it may be hobbies, it may just be simply just working more because we're afraid uh, to not be working. I worked with a gentleman one time, <coughs> excuse me, when, I, when, we, when Debbie and I first moved back. Indiana, when I was working with the inflatables and driving around in a truck all the time, the, the guy I worked with, he worked uh, 12-hour shifts uh, during the week uh, on an assembly line. It was uh, some pharmaceutical company where all he did was operate them, uh, the, the conveyor belts, 12 hours a day. And when he got off there, he went and worked for the inflatables all weekend, 18, some 18-hour 18 days. And on and on, we, I talked to him, and uh, I said, why do you work all the time? He goes, I, I hate being bored. I really hate being bored. And uh, he said, the, there was one time I got sick and I wasn't allowed to work for a month. He said, this was the worst month of my life. And I was like, I, I can't even fathom that, to be that busy. And yet it seems to be that's what our culture does. Just work, work, stay busy. And before you know it, the end of our life is over. And we're like, wow, what happened? Because we don't always slow down to take the time to listen and to learn, especially as uh, followers of Jesus Christ. And, we need, and in life, things happen, things have, uh, that are out of our control, things we, we can't help. And yet there are things that we can try to plan and do and prepare for, those with young children or those with long shifts at work. And we try to make time, and then in the midst of those things, we set boundaries, we set priorities, so we can devote time to our loved ones, so we can devote time to our walk with the Lord. In the midst of all these things, we need to be reminded, I think, where do our, our priorities lie? What's our mindset when it comes to Jesus Christ? In the text we're going to see today, it's a familiar story in the Gospel of Luke, the account of two sisters named Martha and Mary. We want to think about priorities in knowing Jesus. You might also call this a tale of two sisters and how they approached Jesus and the things that they were doing. In the context of our passage, we see here that Jesus 
as he's setting out and making his disciples, he's traveling along with his 12 followers. But in the midst of that, there comes a time when he enters this home, and although the roles were, if a man was preparing to be a teacher of the law, he would follow some rabbi, which, as the disciples were doing, or the disciples of the Pharisees. But in the day and age in which Jesus lived, that wasn't a role for women. Their place was caring for their families. Now, they might be learning, but they weren't so much devoted to a teacher. But we see in the context of our passage today, there's something very special about Mary. And in that day and age, Jesus did not put a stop to that. But rather, he was welcoming men and women to come and learn from him. So turn with me, if you would, to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 10, beginning in verse 38. We'll be looking at 38 through 42 uh, this morning. This passage, we see the priority of these two women during their time with Jesus. It's a very brief encounter, and yet there's so much to learn. The priority of Martha and Mary and time with the Lord is manifested in different ways. So as we read that together, we read in verse 38, Now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And as she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. But the one thing thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken from her. As Jesus was going along from village to village, leading his twelve disciples, it says they entered a particular village. We know from the Gospel of John, chapter 12, that this is the village of Lazarus, and Mary and Martha, his sisters, the town of Bethany. Now, we don't know exactly from this encounter if Mary and Martha had already known the Lord. It seems by the time that Lazarus has died in John, chapter 12, they are very familiar with him. But in any case, in this context, Martha sees or hears of the Messiah coming, and what does she do? She runs out and she welcomes him. Come off the road, come off from your journey, come into my house, and I will provide for you. So she welcomes him into her home, along, most likely, with his twelve disciples. And Martha instantly goes to work in demonstrating this wonderful example of hospitality. That she's going to care for these men in their journey. And what's so fascinating about Jesus, when we read about Jesus, sometimes we get, we, we get caught up in the narratives of all that's taking place or we, or we know what's about to come. And yet the text tells us that as they were going along, Jesus had been teaching his disciples. And as soon as he enters the house and Martha goes to work, what's Jesus doing? He's, prepared, he's, he's teaching. He was teaching in every circumstance he could to help grow his followers, whether it's the 12 disciples and now Mary. And this was a pattern that he did. So as the text tells us, they were on their way and Martha welcomed him into her home. And as she went to work, and and the text tells us, and she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. Martha goes right to work, but Mary goes right to Jesus. As she sat at his feet, when we think about, that's an interesting thing. We We just don't get it in our American Western mindset. You know, I, I wouldn't want to sit at somebody else's feet. It's hot. They stink. And on it stunk there too. And yet, it was a place of, of respect and recognition. 
Because when somebody was preparing to be a follower or a disciple of a rabbi, they, they would give them the place of recognition and they would sit at their feet and listen and learn. What's fascinating about this text is that this was a place mainly for men. Women didn't do that. And here's the Messiah coming in and instantly that's where Mary goes. And Jesus doesn't stop her. Mary goes to listen, to learn from Jesus. Jesus doesn't follow the cultural norm, but rather he is preparing a way to make disciples, both of men and women. Jesus takes the time to instruct his followers, and while Martha is preparing for them, in the midst of all her busyness, Jesus is going to keep teaching his followers, his 12 disciples, and Mary's like, I'm going to sit in on this. I want to listen. I want to learn. Now, my wondering mind then begins to kind of speculate in the sense of, what was he teaching them? I want to know. Text doesn't tell us. But he was teaching them, they were captivated, and they were listening. As Jesus was doing these things, Mary gave this posture of respect that the rabbi was here in their home. And she wanted to learn all that she could from this brief encounter to be a follower of Jesus So we see right from the get-go, Martha goes right to work. But Mary goes right to Jesus to sit at his feet. As the hostess for Martha, this was her job to care for and serve her company. This was not something to criticize, but rather as Martha was just trying to do the normal thing. I want to serve my company. I want to serve my guests. And that's a wonderful thing. But the problem was she became so consumed with that. That here is the Messiah Jesus Christ in her home, she welcomes him, but she goes right to work, not listening to the teaching that is taking place. What Martha is doing is, although serving Jesus is good, she's making the less important the most important thing. And she's going to learn the hard way what this looks like. Being one of Jesus' hostesses would be a lot of work for Martha, especially if all 12 disciples came into her house. That's 13 men she's got to feed. That's a lot of mouths. That's a lot of food. Of course she's going to be busy. And yet, Martha's act falls a little bit short in this narrative. Her labor represents the best display of devotion that she can give in her day and age that she knows how to offer. But she did not take the time to slow down and think about these things. We see here this, this first idea, the priorities of Mary and Martha. And we think about how much we can relate to that. Some of us are really good at slowing down. Sometimes we need a little kick to get us going. Some of us are really good at not slowing down. And we need to be reminded that life is passing by. We have a Savior, Jesus Christ, who wants us to, to transform us into his image. And we get so caught up in the next thing that we forget about. Jesus Christ has made himself available to us. Thinking about just what it means to be to be busy. You know, if, you, if you look up behind me, hopefully that's not too distracting today. But in the midst of that, that, that's a lot of busy work. A lot of prep and a lot of time have gone in to making VBS an opportunity to serve some children. And we can get caught up in the busyness. We can get caught up in our different roles, our different leadership responsibilities. We might even begin to grump and complain because we didn't get the, the job or get to do the job we want to. In the midst of that, we can get so caught up in, in critiquing 
maybe whining a little bit, maybe thinking negative thoughts, that we forget the most important thing. And that is we're making an opportunity available for children to come and listen and learn more about Jesus Christ. And hopefully leave here at the end of that week changed, growing, and Lord willing, even some coming to faith in salvation. Mary and Martha had different priorities. And as the texts unfold, different things are beginning to happen. As we see in our text, it tells us in verse 39 that after Mary had said at his feet, but the beginning of verse 40 tells us this, but Martha was distracted with much serving. Martha was distracted with much serving. Mary was willing to learn. And Martha's like, I got to feed these men. I got to get the job done to the best of my abilities, to the best I have to offer, to make the, the Messiah comfortable. But the text tells us, Jesus hasn't even spoke yet. Martha hasn't spoken yet. Mary hasn't, doesn't speak at all in the text. So far, it's just following the narrative. And the text tells us that Martha was distracted. Her priorities were off. Now we can point out that though these two ladies were sisters. They had different personalities. I have siblings. And some people, when they meet my siblings, go, how are you even related? You, you may not look alike, or you do, but when you, if you met my younger sister, she's all cowgirl. Cowgirl hat, cowgirl boots, big belt buckle, cowboy shirts. She has a horse. I, I look nothing like that at all. Some people wonder how we're related. There's different personalities. And, you know, we, we, we look at Mary and Martha, and we might be, you know, quick to criticize. Well, Martha was just the one who liked to serve, and Mary was the one who liked to learn. Maybe that was so. But at the same time, those who like to do things and stay busy need to take time to slow down and learn. They need to remember that getting something done is not always the most important thing. But slowing down and saying, Lord, teach me. Teach me these things. What we see in our text is this example to follow between Martha and Mary. That at times we need to be like, the times that we find ourselves to be like Martha, we need to slow down, think this is not the most important thing right now, and listen and learn of what it means to follow Jesus. But secondly, we see, as the text goes on, we see that as Jesus and Martha begin to speak, the priority of Martha is seen in her response about her sister to Jesus. We learn from this passage what can easily keep us from following Jesus and allowing other things to take his place. As verse 41 goes on, it tells us this, that after she was distracted with much serving, she went up to him and said. Now, here, before we actually hear what she says, I find this fascinating because as Martha is distracted with all this preparation. There's something kind of cooking inside her, if you're following me. There's enough going on in this house that Jesus is teaching the disciples, Jesus is teaching Mary, and Martha's in the kitchen. And not only she's preparing all this food, but at the same time she's going, where is Mary? And it's kind of irking her. It's working her up. She doesn't like this scenario. She doesn't, she doesn't like these odds. I have a sister who's here to help me. There's 13 men in the other room. they got to be fed. Where is she? So the text tells us that she goes up to Jesus. Meaning what? 
that she stopped what she was doing. She was worked up enough to lay the work aside, to put it on pause, to go correct the situation so that it can get back on track. So Mary is all, Martha is all worked up in all these things, and she takes the time to make sure that her needs are met, to make sure that it's going her way. And that's the thing, that's the danger, that as things become more and more about us, the more we focus on the things that we have to do and have to get done, it really becomes about me, me. How am I going to get this done? Who's going to help me? Who's going to see it through? And before we know it, we're all full of pride, self-centeredness, and we're missing what Jesus wants us to learn in these things. So it says, she went up to them, and she says to Jesus, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her to help me. Those are some pretty bold words to say to the Messiah. Lord, don't you even care? Now, when somebody approaches me and says, don't you care? I'm kind of instantly offended. Maybe you are too. Like, well, who do you think you are to t- talk to me that way? That's just our prideful, selfish nature. And yet Martha goes right up to him and says, Lord, don't you care? He's in the midst of teaching his disciples. He's in the midst of teaching Mary. And here's so, something so fascinating about her words. Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me? Tell her to help me. Martha's really focusing a lot on herself. She's left me. Tell her to help me. You know, it, it, sound, it sounds kind of petty. I think it is. Because, you know, the other day, Anna cried out. And she came and said something. Something Will did. I don't remember what it was. It happens all the time. But whatever it was, the, the ending wording phrase is, me. He hit me, or he didn't help me, or he pushed me, or he took from me, whatever the case might be. And what is she coming to me for? She wants me to correct it. She wants me to put Will in his place. And sometimes she's the guilty one. And at the same time, she's coming to me because she wants me to correct it. And here's Martha going to our Lord and Savior, and she's going, don't you care? Tell her to help me. Her response is quite fascinating. As we see in this description, in the short narrative taking place, we hear from Martha. We hear her speak the first time, and it only goes to remind us where her mindset is at. Martha is missing out on being a disciple of Jesus. When Martha speaks, she she shows to us what is most important to her. How many times are we guilty of that? What comes out of our mouth is very me-centered, me-focused. Who's going to help me? Lord, what are you going to do to help me get through this? We worry about our own comforts, our own preferences, above and beyond what Jesus cares about. As this narrative unfolds, she goes up to Jesus and says these things. She's clearly aware of what is happening, but her mindset is still off. She's still distracted, as the text has already told us. She's distracted with many things. Not just one thing, not a few things, but with many things. Lord, don't you even care, is an interesting response. I want her to help me. I want her to take her proper place, in a sense. Because I can't do this by myself. We notice that her attitude is a missed opportunity in how she approaches Jesus. One commentator says this, 
the focus of this passage is not that people should be unconcerned with household chores. This is not a condemnation to stop working. But rather that the proper attitude toward Jesus is to listen and to obey him, to hear his words. There's always going to be work to be done. Excuse me. There's always going to be work to be done. There's always going to be time for something, especially those less important things. How often are we like Martha when we make the less important, not unimportant, but the less important things more important? And that's simply what Martha was doing. In a sense, we want to criti- criticize her and say, she should have stopped. She should have gone and listened to Jesus. That's what I would have done if I was there. But I think more realistically, if we were there, we would have been like, they're in my house. I've got to take care of them. I've got to provide food. I've got to make them comfortable. That's what a hostess does. That's simply what Martha was doing. But she was so distracted with making everything that there is time to do the work. It's not a condemnation on stop to stop working, but rather, where's your priorities in the midst of all this? I heard a story once, and I always found it kind of fascinating. It's the story of Martin Luther, uh, the, the, the German reformer. And much later in the years of his life, after he's nailed the 95 Thesis on the door, the Church of Wittenberg, and the Reformation is kicked off. As history unfolds, Martin Luther gets married to a former nun named Catherine. And, uh, but, and during their marriage, they had many children. I, I know some of them died off in infancy, but I think almost six grew to adulthood. So they had many children. But I heard this story once where Martin Luther was so distracted, so overcome with some of the things he was doing, that uh, he would go into his study... And he would write, and he'd work, and he'd read scripture, and all these things. But as this particular event goes on, what, what we wind up learning is that Martin Luther kind of locked himself away for three days. Just reading, writing, and studying, and reflecting. And Catherine kept coming to him and saying, dinner's ready. You know, come out, go to sleep, go to bed. You know, being, being wonderful helpmate and wonderful reminders. But he would never come out. After three days... What, she, what Catherine did was she went up and she took the, the bolts out of the hinges and took the door off. And she told him to come out. And he was so caught up in what he was doing that he didn't even know she was there. He didn't know, she had been, she, he didn't know that she had been calling him for three days. I've never, I've never been that focused. But it's an interesting story because Martin Luther got caught up in the busyness of what he was doing for the Lord that he neglected some other things kind of reminds me of what Mary and Martha are doing here. Almost, almost the same thing in, different way, in, uh, in similar ways, in the sense that Martha is so distracted with what she's doing, and at the same time, Mary is completely just enraptured in what the Lord is doing. And we can't get so caught up and just condemn Martha or for not listening to the Lord, and we can't get caught up in condemning Mary for not listening to or helping her sister Martha. There is a balance that takes place. What are we going to make the most important thing? Are we going to get caught up and neglect certain things, neglect those closest to us? I've I've heard of people who are so devoted to the Lord that they care little for their families. And And I've heard of others who are so caught up in their work, they neglect the Lord. We can't do either one of those. But rather we need to be entrusted with how the Lord has given to us. This doesn't mean like to be like Martha and say, well, I always need to go to church, I always need to read my Bible and never work. That's not right either. 
but it's not right to say, well, I need to be like Mary and just open my Bible and never do anything else. There is a balance in, in these things that take place. But as the text unfolds, now that Jesus is going to speak, Martha has made her request. Lord, don't you care? Tell her to help me. Now, the first time in this short narrative, Jesus is going to speak. The priority of Mary, we see in her devotion, that she is giving her full attention to Jesus. When we, when we, what we learn from this passage is what Jesus thinks of our priorities regarding him. How is Jesus going to respond? In all this, Mary does not speak. But after Martha has made her request, Jesus speaks. And Jesus says this, verse 41. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary. Mary has good chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Jesus, as he so often does, with those who care for him and those he cares for, he takes the opportunity to teach. Jesus doesn't speak up and say, okay, Mary, go help Martha. He doesn't say that. He doesn't go up to Martha and say, what a ridiculous request. But rather, in a very gracious, very loving tone, he begins to correct her. And he does so in such a way that I think made a lasting impression on Martha. Because what happens, if we were to jump ahead a little bit, what happens when, Mar when their brother Lazarus is dying? And Jesus delays. He comes, eventually, and they say, my brother has already died. And, they, and, they can, and Jesus tells them, you know, be reassured in these things. He'll, he'll live again. And, and this, both sisters confess, yeah, he'll, on the last days in the resurrection, not knowing what Jesus was about to do. But at that time frame in their life, Mary and Martha knew who the Lord was, knew what he was capable of, because they wanted to follow him no matter what. When Jesus speaks, his reply is so good, and it is so important. We need to be reminded from this text that when Jesus speaks, as Martha is about to learn, it is time to pay attention. What Jesus says is so important for this account for these two sisters. Jesus says to her, you are worried about so many things, things that really don't matter as much as you think they do. It's not that he's undermining her in the sense of don't worry about it, I'm not hungry. In the sense is you're, you're not making the most important thing. You're just so distracted. You're worried about those things that don't really matter in the end. Martha, what you're doing is good, but they are not the most important things. Jesus' response is very gentle. Martha, Martha. You know, when somebody says your name more than once, you kind of pay attention. Martha, Martha. You think Jesus had her attention? You think Jesus had her focus now on everything that happened? She has just made this request very selfish request. And Jesus goes, Martha, Martha, I want you to listen. I want you to listen to these things. It is gentle, but it is pointed. When Jesus says something twice, that means we need to listen, pay close attention. And we notice in all this, Mary never speaks. The text ends, Mary never opens her mouth. But what's she doing? She's there. She's listening. She's watching. She's observing. She's learning as well, as is Martha. Jesus says to her, one thing is necessary. 
What is that one thing? It is the good portion. It is that listening to Jesus and learning from him. The good portion that Mary has chosen is to know Jesus, to know more of him. This is the most important thing about being a disciple. Jesus won't stop Mary from learning, but shows Martha in the process the better thing. You think that lesson stuck with Martha? I think it does. By her response when Lazarus is facing death in the Gospel of John. You know, maybe that we look and we, we get caught up and we say well, how distracted Martha was and how devoted Mary was. And yet Mary was listening and learning and growing. And in the midst of that, Martha's distracted, probably getting angry, probably getting fed up a little bit with her sister. And she goes to Jesus and makes this request. But after the request, Jesus is gentle, but pointed. He points out her wrong thinking. And before we know it, the text is over. But what a lasting lesson that Martha learned. Martha learned the harder lesson that day. And probably a lesson she didn't soon forget. You know, when, when life happens and we get caught up in things, we're so busy, we're so distracted, and then something happens in life that we can't control, we don't know what to do about it, we get overwhelmed, we get frustrated, our tone becomes very me, 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 I, I. What am I going to do? What are you going to do for me? In the midst of that, we might just continue to get frustrated, or if we're wise enough, we stop, we slow down, we listen. Lord, what are you teaching me through this? And then we look back on those hard situations and we go, you know, I learned more through that difficult experience. I think that's what was happening for Martha as well. Learning more through the harder experience. I don't think Martha forgot that day what she learned. Mary was so attentive to the things that she was learning. But Jesus likes it when his followers choose him above everything. And Jesus is pretty good about getting our attention when our attention is not focused on him. He's going to wake us up. If we're truly followers of him, he wants us to grow. He wants us to learn. He wants us to work. He wants us to care for our loved ones. But don't make that the ultimate thing. But slowing down and remembering who he is. What we learn from Jesus' response to Martha about her sister Mary is that she has chosen the good portion. This will not be taken away from her. I'm not going to stop this. I'm not going to send her in to help you. What she has, what she chose from the forefront is wonderful. She has chosen to learn, to be devoted. The work can wait. The work is going to be there later. It's not going to go away. The house is not going to fall apart just because you stop for a few moments. Take the time to listen and learn from Jesus. And we want to be reminded from this text, this wonderful passage, how easily we can get distracted and get anxious and worried, both of the things we can control and the things we can't control. How many times life is passing us by so fast. Before we realize it, I'm realizing I'm missing out on some really important things. These things I'm doing are important. But how about these things? I'm missing out on my family. I'm missing out on my loved ones. I'm missing out on telling other people about Jesus because I'm making so many other excuses to do things for Jesus instead of with him. When I was a, when I was a teenager, I had a youth leader, and he wrote a song. He wrote a song called, Don't Let Me Be Martha. Don't Let Me Be Martha. And you can kind of guess from the song. I don't remember the whole thing. I remember the title. 
But the premise of the song was, I don't want to be like Martha. I don't want to be distracted. I don't want to let life go by forgetting all these things when Jesus is there and he just wants me to worship and to follow him and to know him and be devoted to him. We can let so many other things distract us and take our focus off the Lord Jesus. No matter how important or insignificant they may be, they can keep us distracted from knowing Jesus. May we be a people who are not slack and lazy and make God an excuse to not do work and caring for others, but may we also be ones who not let the, we do not let the care for others and the worries and responsibilities of life make an excuse for saying, I don't have time for Jesus. Both are wrong. We need to have our focus on the Lord Jesus Christ each day in the midst of our busyness, in the midst of our work, in the midst of our caring. You know, we might end this message and go, be more like Mary, not like Martha. I might miss a little bit of the point. Because I think a lot of us are more like Martha. Guilty so, rightly so, each and every day. And like Martha, we need to be reminded that through the hardships of life, through our self-centeredness, God wants our attention. And often to our own fault, we learn the lesson the hard way. We need to be reminded that God is worth it. And, and the things that we make most important are usually not the most important things. But each and every one of us is guilty of that to some extent. We're going to be devoted to the Lord in the midst of our work? I hope so. Let's pray together, and then we'll have the men come up as we do, off, do our communion today. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this passage of Scripture that reminds us of these two sisters, what they did in service to you. Father God, it, even in our American mindset, we can be so quick to jump and to judge. Well, if I was there, I wouldn't have done it that way. But Father God, we're so guilty of doing things our way. So I pray, Father God, that you would convict us. Point out into each one of our lives, Father God, something that is at work in us in a way that's probably distracting us from you. Things that we're making excuses for, because it is important, but we're making it the ultimate thing. Father God, do a work in us, we pray. Convict us now, even as we go and, and take communion together. Maybe in here someone needs to confess and say, I have been so consumed with myself and not with the Lord Jesus. Whatever the case may be, Father God, I pray that, I pray that you would prepare our hearts and our minds now to take together. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.